1: Hello and welcome to Fallacious Trump, the podcast where we use the insane ramblings of a Russian sleeper asset to explain logical fallacies.
2: I'm your host, Jim. And I'm your other host, Mark. A logical fallacy is an error in reasoning that results in bad or invalid arguments. The logical fallacy we're looking at this week is the non-sequitur fallacy, also known as invalid inference and does not follow.
1: Yeah, so the non-sequitur fallacy uh, is one of those ones that has a, a slightly confusing name because people think they know, I guess, what a non-sequitur is. But there's actually different types of non-sequiturs. And uh, the one you're probably most familiar with is a literary non-sequitur. Ah. Um, if I could just quickly demonstrate. Mark, ask me a question. Any question about anything. Um,
2: what's your favourite roller coaster?
1: I like the colour blue. So that is a non-sequitur <laughs> because the... The answer did not follow from the question. And that's what non sequitur means. It's Latin for does not follow. But a logical non sequitur is something different. It still means does not follow, but it because we're talking about logic, we're talking about arguments, and uh, it's about when a conclusion doesn't follow from the premise or the argument that's being made. So to give you an example of this, Trump tweeted in uh, December of last year, in the East it could be the coldest New Year's Eve on record. Perhaps we could use a little bit of that good old global warming that our country, but not other countries, was going to pay trillions of dollars to protect against. Bundle up. So he's talking about a cold winter in New York as um, an argument against global warming. And it sounds, if you don't think about it at all, kind of plausible. But once you think about it, you realise that actually he's confusing global with local he's confusing climate with weather and he's ignoring the fact that climate change suggests that there will be more extreme temperatures and more extreme kinds of weather for example like the coldest New Year's Eve on record yep. so he's actually using extreme climate change to argue against climate change it's like saying um, there isn't world hunger because I just had a Big Mac <laughs> yeah uh, it's actually a class of fallacies in a way. It's it's a description of most fallacies, really, because the thing that most fallacies have in common is that they are arguments which where the conclusion doesn't really follow on from the premise. But whereas most fallacies can be specified in a particular way, they can be called straw men or argument from popularity or things like that, non sequiturs usually ones which don't really fall into any of the other categories, but still have that characteristic of of the conclusion not following from the premise another example and i'm going to actually break the rules here slightly because this one isn't from trump but it is trump adjacent (gasps) because it's from a hearing that congress recently held into the former fbi agent peter struck into basically whether his personal dislike of trump was evidence of FBI-wide corruption and conspiracy against Trump, which itself... Which is, which is, is a, a non sequitur.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And one of the uh, the congressmen, representative from uh, Arizona, Republican Congressman Paul Gosar, started his questioning in an interesting way.
0: By the way, I'm a dentist. Okay, so I read body language very, very well.
1: So the typical response to that would be, her...
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he's so he's
1: a qualified
2: dentist. So and one of the qualifications of being a dentist is that so. So therefore, I read body language very well. Well, I guess you would come across a lot of body language going on as a dentist, mainly from people that don't like going to dentists. You could probably detect that, even though they're saying, yeah, good morning, how are you? Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, something to do with keeping your hands over your mouth or something like that,
1: (laughs) you know, or or just... He is talking here to a a highly trained (laughs) counterintelligence agent in probably the world's premier law enforcement agency. If anyone knows body language in this room, he's probably the one. And he's saying that basically he has seen in one of Strzok's previous answers some some anger. Um, And being a dentist, he is very good at recognising this body language. Um, And this is a weird kind of mixture of the two types of non sequitur, really, because being a dentist and understanding body language... Are such completely separate things that that is it is a literary non sequitur and a logical non sequitur, so that they do sometimes cross over. There's some sense of
2: bravado He's going. Well, you may well be, um, you know, a really highly qualified counterintelligence officer in the prim, premium um, investment, but I, <laughs> I'll see <laughs> that and I'll raise you my qualifications in dentistry. And uh, and I think you'll find, as a as a, a result of that, we are equal when it comes to being able to read anger in the room by
1: the and, and if you watch the, the clip of this, actually, um, Peter Struck has a beautiful little kind of smirk as he says this, because he he immediately you can see he he thinks, well, this is going to be nonsense, whatever he comes out with next. Oh uh, right, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. which it is to be honest but yeah. that that whole the whole hearing struck just was surrounded by people who had no clue how to ask a, a reasonable question again he's an FBI agent he's the one yeah. trained in interrogation techniques yeah. there's yeah. no way that they were going to be able to get anything out of him that he didn't want to reveal or or trick him in any way. Exactly. Um, and, and yeah, he just made fools out of several of the, the congressmen. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 no, yeah. none more so, I yeah. think, than Ghostar. Yeah.
2: No, just, just, well, perhaps there was something that he was able to, uh, spot from Gosar's body language, not least that he kind of squirmed and came out with this massive non sequitur. You know, you think, <laughs> well, you, you may well be able to read body language, but you can't hide the fact that you're, doing what you're doing and you are just revealing that you're not qualified at all to ask me any questions so yeah very very odd indeed but a a beautiful example and now is the time i think for mark's british politics corner just as uh we thought we were saying goodbye to boris I've picked another Boris example because he too is quite adept at shall we say the the, the beautiful English phrase talking bullocks. He can talk quite convincingly for great periods of time um, on fairly high profile interview programs without appearing to have prepared in any way for the interview. And he just uh, seems to make stuff up,
1: and uh, uh, I think as Trump recently said, it's uh, it's the preparation. It's all about attitude.
2: Oh uh, right, that's yeah. Don't you don't actually need to read up anything. Just all no. it's all attitude. And and look how successful it's been for Trump all this time. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, he got to be elected president, so <laughs> can't be all bad. No, it can. So this example is of Boris Johnson. This is way before Brexit, way before he was foreign minister. This is when he was still the mayor of London and he was talking about um, David Cameron, who was then the prime minister. And who would have thought we'd be looking back at those days as the glory days of British politics? when uh, And David Cameron had been continuing the kind of doctrine of austerity, saying we've got to cut back everything following the bank crisis in 2008. Uh, so this is only four years later, 2012 in July. And Cameron had been saying, well, the austerity thing isn't going to go away. It's likely to last for another eight years. And it's not wrong, it nearly has. And this was the clip from the show that I want to play to illustrate the logical fallacy. I was actually I'm thinking of David Cameron, community. who'd been talking about this going on for another eight years. Well, I don't think there's any reason at all why it should go on for another eight years. I think if we can, uh, you know, look at look at Bradley Wiggins is about to win the Tour de France. How about that? There you go, a massive non-sequitur. Somehow, actually, he kind of tries to explain it he wrote about this interview in the daily telegraph the following day and tried to explain that he was trying to uh, offset the gloomy mood about the austerity so the, the several things going on there for boris he for a long time the mayor of london was always the opposite party to the uh, the party in government which has always been an embarrassment to government because it's in London. And uh, so this was the first time for a long time that we had a Tory mayor and a Tory government. And so he's being very careful not to contradict what David Cameron's saying. So if David Cameron, who's the Prime Minister, is saying we're going to have eight more years of austerity, Boris is trying to say, well, I don't see why there would be a reason for that. And then he kind of does this being, oh, look over there, because Bradley Wiggins, this is 2012, Bradley Wiggins is about to win the Tour de France. Uh, Bradley Wiggins is a British cyclist who who, uh, is about to do wonderful things in the Summer Olympics held in London as well. Um So he was kind of the hero of the moment. So and everyone was really proud of him, and we were looking forward to hosting the Olympics. Um, and so uh, Boris is kind of saying, "Yeah, never mind all the doom and gloom. Here's Bradley Wiggins, and it's just a, the massive jump from this. It's just what it's yeah. That if so, if Trump is saying, you know, going into interviews is all about attitude." I don't know what Boris's attitude is. Probably one of under preparation and ignorance. And if that's his attitude, certainly came across. So the, um, but he does go on to say this. <laughs> uh, it, I, it, I, how can you? How can anybody in this country I, I think that's non sequitur when Bradley yeah, Wiggins? <laughs> I think I, I think that's a very bold non sequitur and on on that non sequitur thank you very I think much it's, I, but I, but for joining I want, want us this should, morning. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> okay. not at all. Over to Nagger for the news headlines. So brilliant. So there's Boris desperately trying to recover by just going. Ah, uh, well, it's uh, ah, uh, can I just ah, no? <laughs> um, and Andrew Marr, who's the presenter at his show, is quite right. He just kind of goes. Well yeah, what you've just done is a non-secretary. You know, and and Boris is trying to say how he tried to backtrack in order to explain this huge leap of faith. When he's trying to say how can anyone in the country be gloomy when Bradley Wiggins is such and such. So he's tried to say we can get away with Uh, we can, or we can move on from four years of austerity under the Tory party and the prospect of eight more years of austerity under the Tory party simply by looking
1: at a cyclist. Yeah. He's mischaracterizing everything will be fine. um, What they were talking about because it was, it was about austerity. It was about kind of saving money. And then he's, he's basically kind of turned that into people being sad and gloomy. And we don't need to be gloomy yeah. because there's good things like Bradley Wiggins. Exactly. So he's doing a straw man in the middle of yeah, it all. Yeah, in a way. He's changed he, the the, he, the argument yeah. to something else. But also the fact that he yeah. kind of tied it together a bit helps this to become a non sequitur. Because if we just had that first clip, if it was just, um, I don't think there's any reason to, that, it, that austerity should go on for another eight years. Bradley Wiggins is about to win the Tour de France. That's definitely a literary non sequitur, but it's not a logical non sequitur because he's not trying to make any real argument. What that would be in terms of logical fallacies would be a red herring, where basically you're just distracting someone with a shiny thing. (laughs) And um,
2: uh, we will talk
1: more about red herrings in another episode, but... Um, but the fact that he tied it in and, and said, you "No, know, that I'm talking about Bradley Wiggins because I, you know, we're talking about austerity and being yeah. sad, and yeah, 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 sad if that happens." He tries to, tries, yes, he tries to yeah. reverse
2: fit it. Yeah, yeah. So Andrew Marr is actually saying, you know, that massive leap that you just did is a bold non sequitur. But, and, and whilst that's sinking into Boris and he's trying to retrofit the reason, he's still making another non-sequitur in the process, in, in his protest as well. And um, interestingly, uh, Boris the next day says, says um, so there's a lot of gloom around. I felt obliged to try and cheer him up. How can anyone be gloomy when Bradley Wiggins is about to... To win the Tour de France, I asked. And then he says, that's a non-sequitur, retorted the great Ma, who believes in chucking in the odd Latin phrase to keep people on their toes, which is exactly what Boris it's, it's, does. He does it more well. than anyone else he will, he, ever. <laughs> he, Yeah, he will fling in this, you know, he does it more than a Harry Potter novel. You know, he will throw in Latin phrases in order to obfuscate, in order to distract people, in order to flaunt his education, in order to uh, establish his authority over us. Um, and all it does is just make him look like an arse. So if that one then was a uh, an out-and-out out literary fallacy, masquerading as a logical fallacy, then uh, the next clip is... Less of an obvious one, like Boris's wonderful one, but it's, it is, I would maintain, a logical fallacy. I mean, I don't know. I, ga- I gather she was OK to go on a Trump, anti-Trump demonstration, so I'm not sure why she wasn't able to come and vote. But clearly the pairing system needs to be looked at. It's not its not working very well, and the trust has broken down, and that needs to now be looked at again. So this is the Labour MP, Kate Hoey, um, speaking only last week, um, where there was a uh, close vote over some uh, finer points of the white paper about the the Brexit exit deal. Um, and it was getting really close and the government were looking like they might lose. So they pulled out all the stops in order to make sure that everybody they could get to vote, voted. There is a system in uh, British politics whereby if somebody is is unable to vote, then they are paired with a member of parliament who holds an opposing view. And therefore, if they each of them uh, voted, their votes would cancel each other out. So the understanding is if there's uh, an MP who is absent, not able to vote, they will pick somebody who would be standing opposite them and they say to them, right, you don't vote because that, if she was here, your vote would just cancel it out. She's not here. So we're going to have you not here. Um, and what happened was that the uh, MP that was paired with Joe Swinson, who they're talking about, who was off on maternity leave, actually did go in and vote. So the Tories were, you know, it's one of these long-standing gentlemen's agreements, um, if you like, and the Tories aren't behaving like gentlemen. Surprise, surprise, uh, because it was, I think they only won the vote by six votes. So it really would have made the difference if this pairing had gone through like it's supposed to, and that vote wouldn't have been counted. It would have been very, very close indeed. So, and the reason this is a Logical fallacy, I would say, is because the MP talking about the absent MP says, I gather she was OK to go on an anti-Trump demonstration, which we talked about last episode with the inflatable orange baby. It's OK she went on the demonstration, so I'm not sure why she wasn't able to come and vote. Well, it it doesn't follow. Well, The reason she couldn't come and vote is because she's on maternity leave. She's on leave She's not at work. So it doesn't follow that because she went to the Trump demonstration, it therefore follows she should have come and voted. She was protesting on her own, basically. Yeah, yeah. So it's like saying, well, she's been to the supermarket, so I don't know why she wasn't able to come in to vote. Or, you know, she went downstairs at home, so I don't know why she wasn't able to come in to vote. Or she walked across the bedroom to check the cot of her newborn to check that it was still breathing. So I don't know why she wasn't able to come in to vote. If they, if those were the examples, you'd kind of go, well, that that doesn't follow at all. What you've just done is a non sequitur. But because she was out and about, not far from the Houses of Parliament at Trafalgar Square at the protest, you know, why couldn't she come in to vote? Well, because she's on leave. She's not also, at work. She's on the, her it's own. It's reasonable
1: time. to assume that she was trusting the pairing process was going to work and that the Tories were going to uphold their end of the deal, <laughs> isn't it? So, mm. that, um, she didn't, knowing that yeah. she was off work, she didn't need to come in and vote. Even if she was passing the Houses of Parliament at the time, she assumed that her, her pair yeah. was, was not going to be voting.
2: Exactly. I mean you know, you kinda of think, Well, yeah, if she's there, yeah, I'm look, I'm just I'm in the Trafalgar, well. I'll just nip over just in case the Tories are doing some dirty deed and not pairing me. And if she'd had done that, can you imagine the fury that they would have been So, Why did yeah. you come in? I said, Well, I didn't think that the Tories would uphold their end. The Tories would have been up in arms okay, how dare you accuse us of they were up in arms as it was. You know, how dare you accuse us of not upholding the pairing um, tradition. The, the, you anyway, know, it's been going on for, of course we would have done that, but yeah, they didn't.
1: And here we see the fallacy in the wild. So, in the fallacy in the wild, we like to look at the fallacy of the week from a non political point of view. And I don't know if you can get a lot less political than this because it's uh, the Chewbacca defense in South Park, which has come to be um, <laughs> quite well known. I think it's, a, it's from an episode um, called Chef Aid, where Chef is uh, fighting the record a record company for the rights to be credited as a composer on an Alanis Morissette song that he claims ownership of, and uh, the the record company hires Johnny Cochran to represent them, and the defense that they use is, is known as the Chewbacca defense.
2: Why would a Wookiee, an eight-foot-tall Wookiee, want to live on Endor with a bunch of two-foot-tall Ewoks? That does not make sense. But more importantly, you have to
1: ask yourself, what does this have
2: to do with this case? Nothing. Ladies and gentlemen, it has nothing to do with this case. It does not make sense. If Chewbacca lives on Endor, you must acquit.
1: So the cartoon Johnny Cochran uses the defence that uh, why would the Wookiee live on Endor with the Ewoks? Um, and also, what does that have to do with Chef's case? It doesn't have anything to do with it. It doesn't make any sense. So you must acquit. That is definitely a non sequitur in all senses because it, hasn't, it doesn't follow an on from the rest of the case at all. And mm-hmm. logically, whether Chewbacca lives on Endor, incidentally, he doesn't. But that's another issue. Um, right. <laughs> whether he lived on end or not. Well, yeah, because it doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah. He, yeah. He, yeah. Whether, whether that makes sense or not, um, is, is irrelevant to the case, obviously. So it's, it's a, it's a logical non sequitur as well as a literary one. Yeah.
2: And know, but I like the way he also. Says it doesn't make that doesn't make sense, and what has this got to do with the case? Well, it doesn't. This doesn't make sense. Yeah, either. nothing. So it doesn't a, make it's sense. Kind of a. It's a. It's yeah, it's a kind of meta example. It, it, it's looking at its own nonsensicalness. Is that such a word? No, um, no, you just made that one. And up. then saying, yeah, no, that doesn't make sense, that doesn't make sense, and neither does this, and therefore you must
1: quit. <laughs> we have a, another example, which is uh, a lot more recent. In fact, it's from um, the new Sasha Baron Cohen show, Who is America? Obamacare
0: doesn't work. I mean, I know personally, I was a healthy man, then Obamacare came in, I was forced to see a doctor, and... Suddenly I had three diseases. Suddenly I had uh, diabetes 1 and 2. I had obese legs and I had chalky deposits.
2: So the character that uh, Sacha Baron Cohen is playing is Billy Wayne Ruddick, who runs this website called uh, truthbree.org instead of library, which uh, in itself is brilliant. And he he does that lovely non sequitur. We say, well, Obamacare doesn't work because I was a healthy man. And then I went to see a doctor, and now I've got diabetes one and two, obese legs, and chalky deposits because of Obamacare. <laughs> yeah. And actually, right, there, there you is, go. There, as, yeah.
1: as I said before, the, the non sequitur fallacy basically it kind of covers most fallacies, and, and in a way, the uh, another fallacy that he's committing here. Is the post hoc ergo propter hoc fallacy, which is basically where you confuse causation and correlation. Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. saying that the, the correlation happened because he went to see his doctor because of Obamacare. And, and now he has these diseases, ignoring the fact that the causation was, was actually not linked to that. He had the diseases before and he only found yeah. out about them through seeing his doctor. But yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he relates the correlation yeah. to the causation. So. That's a, yeah. that's a yeah. fallacy, and that's yeah. why his, his uh, premise does not lead to his conclusion, does not follow.
2: Yeah, so, he, so, he's, yeah, so what he's done is left, left out the causality bit, um, and oh, I wonder then if all non-sequiturs are simply uh, a logical statement, or a statement of logic that goes from premise to uh, conclusion but deliberately leaves out the cause and and just tries to ram the
1: premise and the conclusion together. Not necessarily. Sometimes they right. can be, but um, sometimes mm-hmm. it's just, it, it's some, it's often a, a kind of line of reasoning where it takes you all the way to a conclusion and then gets the conclusion wrong. Um, because they've misunderstood the the lines of the argument or or they're determined to come out with a conclusion that they've already decided on. And that is still a non sequitur because the conclusion does not follow from the premise. But it's not necessarily because the cause has been omitted, it's just because they've misunderstood or something else has happened along the way. Going back to the Gosar uh, example, when you say about with, if there's, there's a cause missing... It may be that in some cases like that where he just says, you know, I'm a dentist and so I understand body language, it it could be that there's something missing, that in his head there is a reason why dentists understand body language and he's not stating it because either to him it's obvious or it doesn't need saying for some reason. And clearly, it yeah. does to the rest of us because it's not clear why that how <laughs> exactly, those two yeah. things are linked. And I think that is probably the case. In in sometimes when something is obvious to you, you might just assume that it, it's obvious to everyone else. It's that's actually a, a recognized yeah. kind of cognitive bias: is that pe- you assume people yeah. see the world in the same way you do and have the same information you have. So, yeah, yeah sometimes you may say something, uh, explain the the initial argument and explain the conclusion and you know how you got there but you don't explain it yeah. to other people and so to other people it might seem yeah, yeah. actually like a fantasy um and the way you're presenting it may be a fantasy it may be a non sequitur but there is a there is some yeah. logic there there is yeah. a logical thread that you just haven't so, explained
2: so the, the the lesson we've learned doing our math exams uh when we were younger <laughs> is show you working if only to reveal that you that you are you aren't an idiot that's just making non sequiturs like, like Billy Wayne Ruddick is deliberately doing it for comic effect. So we're gonna
1: we're gonna
0: play fake news, folks. I love the game; it's a great game. I understand the game as well as anybody, as well as anybody.
1: So it's time for fake news the game where I read out three Trump quotes two of which are real and one I made up and Mark has to figure out which one is fake news
2: or actually you read out three and I guess yes. the wrong one
1: that's that's how it's been so far every single time now there's a um, there's a theme to this week's quotes and it's all about Putin because of uh, the the Helsinki summit uh, last week and it's things that Trump has said about Putin that don't necessarily match up. So, number one, this was said in November 2015. As far as the Ukraine is concerned, and you could Syria, as far as Syria, I like if Putin wants to go in, and I got to know him very well because we were both on 60 Minutes, we were stable mates, and we did very well that night, but you know that. Number two, This was from July, 2016. I never met Putin. I don't know who Putin is. He said one nice thing about me. He said, I'm a genius. I said, thank you very much to the newspaper. And that was the end of it. I never met Putin. Or number three, this was from September, 2016. I was in Russia years ago with Miss Universe, which did very well. And we were in Moscow, the Moscow area. And Putin came to see me. He could not have been nicer. He actually gave me a beautiful gift. I won't tell you what it was, but we got along great. Putin's fine.
2: Okay, so I think that number one, I think, I uh, see, the trouble is, as soon as I say that, I know that you've written it. The, um, I think the first one I've heard, and I love the way it just tapers off, and he kind of goes, uh, so there you are, as if he says something of enormous import rather than just the insane ramblings of a Russian mole. Um, okay, number two. I never met him. And he got genius in there. I, say, oh, I don't think... Mm, I, mm. Okay, and Miss World 1. See, you've done the usual thing and kind of base it on a crumb of something that I may have heard of and uh, therefore convinced by. Uh, there must be a name for that logical fallacy. It's just called deceit. Um, okay, I think number two, I think you made up number two. I don't think Putin
1: called him a genius. So you think the two quotes where he said he's met Putin and got on well with him are true and the one where he said he never met putin is false <laughs> i see what you're doing there yeah uh
2: yes uh yes oh god okay given the t- yeah i yeah i think 1 and 3 are real number 2 you made up
1: so let's start with number 1 despite the evidence yeah <laughs> and number 1 is real
0: but as far as the ukraine is concerned and you could say syria as far as syria i like if putin wants to go in and i got to know him very well because we were both on 60
2: minutes we were stable mates and we did very well that night but you know that it's great he judges he judges the other leaders on the basis of
1: just being on the telly yeah yeah. What, and yeah specifically that because actually they they didn't meet on 60 minutes they were both huh? in the same episode, but they were on different segments. Trump filmed his in New York, Putin filmed his in Moscow. So, so oh what? The fact what? The fact that Trump says I got to know him very well is a complete lie. Wow. So, <laughs> so he's lying
2: about having met him. Yeah. Like he does anyway. So he's lying about having met him like he lies about having met him. Wow.
1: Wow. When was that 2015? That was to, that wow. was November 2015, he said that. Uh now in July 2016, number 2. Yeah. You think yeah. this is the one that I made up. Oh, no. And number 2 is real.
0: I never met Putin. I don't know who no. Putin is. He said one nice thing about me. He said I'm a genius. I said thank you very much to the newspaper. And that was the end of it. I never met Putin.
1: So so eight months after claiming that he got on, knew him very well, got to know him very well, he he then claimed he never met him, doesn't know who he is. (laughs) So I should know Trump well enough by now to know that it's actually, if
2: there was a direct contradiction, then that would have been said by him. Of course.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So number three. Stupid, stupid, stupid. About being in Russia. Yeah. With he did go to Russia with Miss Universe, yeah. Uh, he was he was in Russia in 2013, but he didn't meet Putin. Oh, so. Very good. As far very, as
2: very nicely done, and the gift I love the. Uh, and he gave me a special gift. Can't tell <laughs> you what it is. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, and we and and I immediately kind of thought, oh, I think I know what it is. I think I, it was. Uh, uh, and then I've got no idea because you made it up. <laughs> No! So... What episode is this? Five? This is Am I five. now five <laughs> nil down? No, yeah. there's no coming back from that, is there? <laughs> we should ju- we should just rename this as, yeah, I will, I will read out three quotes and Mark will get the wrong one.
1: Just call it that. <laughs> maybe, maybe you should try getting yeah. the wrong one. See if that helps. Oh, yeah, maybe that's... Oh, I should do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah rather than just accidentally do it, yeah, or, or just have faith in what I know about, well, you see, that's what, it's, it, that's what Trump does to you. You've got no idea that's what the, he's going to do, so he couldn't say anything. Yeah.
1: That's the whole premise of the game, isn't it? Yeah. So the most important thing, obviously, is that I remain undefeated at fake news. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> but podcast listeners, I need your help. I can't continue, Surely to fool mark it's seeming pretty easy i don't know (laughs) but i i at some point i'm going to fail and it is difficult coming up with these quotes so if you think you can come up with a convincing fake trump quote then share this episode on twitter include your quote and the hashtag fallacious trump and i'll pick the best one and you'll be podcast famous So this is the part of the show that this week is called treason is not a logical fallacy. And this is where we want to talk about all the things that are going on in the Trump white house, but there's too much crazy stuff going on. So we have to pick one story and this week, well, it has to be the Helsinki summit where uh, Trump met Vladimir Putin finally, although actually not for the first time. And it was kind of weird because I mean, I think I, I can't remember who said it online, but someone said, yeah, "We expected a little bit of treason, but not <laughs> not as much as we got." <laughs> yeah, and yeah, the the weird level of of subservience that Trump shows to dictators is it's it's really strange, especially coming off the back of some of the the mean things and the rude things he says about. America's allies about, um, he, he went into this summit basically having just said that, uh, one of America's greatest foes was the European union and having trashed NATO and called Germany puppets of, of Russia or captives of Russia. And, um, having come off a couple of months ago, talking about Justin Trudeau and, and, uh, being a, a, Basically, a bad leader, and and the, all of the tariffs, the trade wars that he's having with everyone else. The only people he seems to want to get along with are dictators. He he likes yeah. Xi Jinping. He likes Kim Jong Un now. He he likes um he likes Putin. It's it's really strange. It seems like maybe he wants to be like them. He wants to be one in, in the gang, one of them the club members.
2: Yeah, he wants people to stand up and salute when he comes in the room. He wants yes, people to yes. sit up straight and, you know, he wants people to to not kneel down when the flag is up and the national anthem is being played. You know, he wants to, be, he wants to have the strength of uh, bearing that those leaders have, but he's completely ignorant of the fact that they've got that it's hard won mainly by torturing and seeing to the death of many of their citizens, so that they are completely terrified of, of doing anything in case the leadership brings about their demise. Consequently, it's not particularly pleasant to live in those regimes. Yeah. Certainly not, you know, the home of the brave and the land of the free. And to want to have that kind of bearing and dare I say respect that he thinks is being paid to those dictators, it comes at a massive price, Donald. And you're completely ignorant of that, you idiot. And it, you know what? With no and hanging about with dictators isn't going to bring you the respect that you you want. You know, it's just as well, old Ceausescu
1: is dead. They don't even treat him. like an equal it's weird because supposedly russia is uh, is is kind of not as important in the world on the world stage as america you know north korea certainly Mm -hmm. isn't but Mm. by by having these meetings he is he is legitimizing these other world leaders these dictators and and then he goes along and he looks less important than them he looks less in control and Mm. less powerful and, and they yeah. come away with their propaganda machines in their countries saying what a, what a marvelous success it's been. And only Trump is saying what a marvelous success it's been on his side. Everyone else is saying what a horrible failure it was in every yeah, way. Yeah. Because, because he, he, although he has Fox TV. Fox News, he doesn't have the same kind of propaganda machine. He doesn't have a country where people will be imprisoned for saying things against him. So yeah, yep. I'm sure he'd like that. But, yep. um, so the, the people who are actually looking and seeing what he says and what he does, uh, they're, they're not required by the state to, to say, yeah, great success. Whereas that is what is being done in Russia and in North Korea. Um, yeah. And and, and, and to a certain, to a certain extent, from their point of view, it is a great
2: success because what it does for, certainly for Kim Jong Un, it does elevate him to the level of a, a superpowers
1: leader. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, to, I mean, that's why the, r- that's why the Kims have been trying to get a meeting with the US president for, for years. Um, mm. and it's only Trump that was stupid enough to, to agree to it, basically.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And he, and he, and he's kind of, he's kind of under the misapprehension as well, Trump, that he is fixing something that's never been able to have been fixed before. And it's not as simple as that. It's not a matter of, okay, nobody's thought to just go and talk to these people. There's a reason for that. And part of that reason is the same reason as why those people are the dictators that they are is because the regimes are appalling and we don't really want to be encouraging them or giving them the light of publicity and therefore legitimacy in the world's eyes we want to be doing the opposite of that
1: yeah absolutely the new york times reported this week actually that um Trump was told two weeks before his inauguration that the Russians definitely meddled in the election and, and tried to sway it for Trump. And supposedly at the time they said that he kind of grudgingly accepted this, but he's, he's gone back on that such a lot, so many times. He's occasionally said he, he thinks it might have been the Russians or someone else. Um, but yeah, in this, in the the, summit, he was asked again if, Basically, he would say that to to Putin if he would say that it was him um, mm-hmm. as the US intelligence agencies are saying, as uh, Dan Coates is saying that the director of national intelligence and he, the, well, he said I'll I'll play what he said in just a moment. But and and then he was basically forced to backtrack and I'll play the, the, the backtrack will follow directly on so you can hear his his words kind of one after the other and see what you think.
0: My people came to me, Dan Coats came to me and some others, they said they think it's Russia. Uh, I have uh, President Putin, Uh, he just said it's not Russia. I will say this, I don't see any reason why it would be. I came back and I said, what is going on, what's the big deal? So I got a transcript, I reviewed it. I actually went out and uh, reviewed a clip of uh, an answer that I gave. And I realize that there is a need for some clarification. It should have been obvious, I thought it would be obvious, but I would like to clarify just in case it wasn't. In a key sentence in my remarks, I said the word would instead of wouldn't. The sentence should have been, I don't see any reason why I wouldn't or why it wouldn't be Russian. Just to repeat it, I said the word would instead of wouldn't and the sentence should have been and I thought it would be maybe a little bit unclear on the transcript or unclear on the actual video. The sentence should have been, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be Russia. Sort of a double negative. So you can put that in and I think that probably clarifies things pretty
1: good by itself. So that's easily done. Who among us hasn't said?
2: <laughs> hasn't said. Would. Yeah, of when course. When they meant wouldn't. <laughs> exactly. Of course. Of course, I would do the washing up afterwards. Yes. Oh, no, I meant wouldn't. Yeah. I meant why, wouldn't. why is I the washing up? Yeah. Why is the washing up still not done a week later? Oh, yeah. Well, like, yeah. Did, did, but just for the sake of clarity, and in case it was unclear on the video, I said actually that I wouldn't do the washing up. <laughs>
1: yeah. So the fact yeah. that it took him more than twenty-four hours to to say actually I said the wrong would I said wouldn't yeah. instead of would or wouldn't. Said, yeah. Uh,
2: um, Doesn't it, imply at all that there were no, a whole bunch of people running around going
1: how on earth can, how we, get how can out we do this, this? Without apparently he yeah. came up with that solution to to claim yeah, that he did. misspoke. Yeah. Yeah. And. Um, yeah. And, and to be fair, it is one of the first times he's actually admitted a mistake. Exactly, yes.
2: He's backed down uh, rather than double down and, and just go, oh, actually, yeah, no, I did say that. And what's more, I said they would, they
1: could, and they should do it. He didn't didn't actually do that, which is surprising. So when he was giving his apology on uh, the day after the the summit, he actually had a, a typewritten statement. You wouldn't know it from the amount he went off script, but the weirdest thing about it was written really quite large across the, the typewritten script in black marker were the words, there was no collusion with incidentally collusion wow. was spelt wrong. <laughs> um, it had only yeah. one, N. um, as like, I don't think, I don't really understand that. Does he need to be reminded to say there was no collusion? He doesn't seem to need to be reminded. He says it all the time. Yeah, given that that picture turned up on
2: Twitter, do you think that he was, you know, other people just kind of snapped it and went, oh my God, there it is. Do you think he was... You, no he's not smart enough to no, do that no, Just thinking, think he did, did he write to, it on there no,
1: knowing that people would see I it? think he was trying to remind himself that if the opportunity came up he should mention there was no collusion it, work that in. <laughs> wow it's so wow. weird <laughs> Lindsey Graham I think said that um, Trump doesn't really get the difference between the Russians meddling in the election on his behalf and collusion yeah. with the Russians and he doesn't yeah. understand that that, that 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 could happen, the meddling could happen, and he could admit to that, and he could say, yes, it did happen, without admitting that the Trump campaign colluded with Russia. So I think that seems to be why he so frequently goes back on, every time he says, okay, yeah, it probably was the Russians, he then also has to say, well, in that meeting, in fact, um, he said, could be the Russians, could be someone else. There's a lot of people out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. even though that meeting was, I mean, okay, it was a, it was actually a meeting for something else, but the, the typewritten statement that he had was specifically designed to make it clear that he agreed with his intelligence agencies who said it was the Russians. He still couldn't quite bring himself just to do that. Yeah, I was surprised he,
2: he didn't just write there was collusion and then wrote no slightly above and then put a little and then, arrow. No, collusion. Yeah, I meant to add that in. Yeah, I meant to say no. Just for clarity, Mm -hmm. in case it wasn't clear on the video, I wasn't, I was, I meant to say no collusion, not there was collusion. Mm
1: And finally, some things we really don't have time to talk about. Trump found a way to distract everyone from Russia this week, sending an all-caps tweet to the president of Iran promising consequences the likes of which few throughout history have ever suffered before if Iran threatens the US. So in a few months, Trump will be having a summit with Rouhani and telling everyone he's a great guy with a good sense of (laughs) humour. Trump decided that the disastrous economic
2: fallout from his trade tariffs is no big deal because thanks to the rise in the stock market during his presidency, we're playing with the bank's money. I'm sure that the thousands of ranchers and factory workers whose jobs are at risk will be very happy to hear that.
1: Trump's personal lawyer, Michael Cohen, secretly taped conversations from 2016 where the pair discussed paying off Playboy model Karen McDougal who claimed she had a 10-month affair with Trump. Here's a tip. When your lawyer is taping your conversations for their own protection, you might be doing something illegal. Yeah.
2: Trump met Queen Elizabeth on his trip to London. He kept the 92-year-old queen waiting in the hot sun for 14 minutes, then stood in front of her as they inspected the troops. Jesus Christ, Donald, even if you don't respect women in general, she's the fucking queen. And this was the one moment, and she was the only person in the world who could have shot Trump in the back of the head and got away with it. Whip a pistol out of the back of a corgi, bang, stuff it back in, look the other way, saying, I say, there's a man over there on a grassy knoll." <sighs>
1: The Trump administration are trying to reduce the protection currently given to endangered species by reforming the Endangered Species Act before the midterms because killing bald eagles is a sure vote winner. (laughs) Yep. Sarah Sanders reports that Trump is
2: planning on revoking security clearance from former national security officials who've, and I quote, politicized and in some cases actually monetized their public service security clearances and have been making baseless charges to which such clearances provide inappropriate legitimacy to accusations with zero evidence. Pretty much like the way Trump is using the entire office of being the president then.
1: On July 27th, 2016, Trump said in a news conference, Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. Well, it turns out they were listening, because within hours, according to the latest round of indictments from Mueller, Russian hackers made their first attempt at accessing Hillary Clinton's personal servers.
2: And Donald Trump's star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame has been destroyed with a pickaxe for the second time. The star was awarded in 2007 for Donald's work on The Apprentice. Maybe if he'd won an Emmy, like he'd always wanted, we wouldn't be in the mess we are now. You know, like if Hitler had been a more successful
1: artist. So that's all the bad arguments and faulty reasoning we have time for this episode. If you hear Trump say something stupid and wonder if it's a fallacy, email us on fallaciousTrump at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at fallaciousTrump. If you think we've used the fallacy ourselves, let us know.
2: And if you've had a good time, please give us a review on iTunes, Stitcher or wherever else you get your podcasts.
1: You can support the show on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash ftrump where you can get early access to extended episodes, exclusive bonus content, and other cool stuff.
2: All music is by The Outburst and was used with permission, so until next time on Fallacious Trump, we'll leave the last word to the Donald.
0: That's right, go home to mommy. Bye. Bye!